From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is Series 5, Ayurveda on the Jewel of Taste. The real gem of Ayurveda, that's often buried so deep we can't see beyond everything else. Everything else in our desire to live in harmony with life. The real gem is food. Ayurveda is a food lover. (laughs) Actually, I'm laughing because... I just corrected that. What showed up from the autocorrect was Ayurveda is a good lover, which which Ayurveda is. Ayurveda just loves loving. And if you are, like me, a food lover or are interested in food, I discovered Pinterest a few years ago, and it would be your heaven if you haven't gone there yet. The six tastes are an incredible science well documented through Ayurveda. And invariably, as a therapist, I have to know something about them. But for you, it may not be such a big priority just yet. Sort of like me back many years ago in algebra class. The teacher got to the numbers that had letters beside them. And well, I can safely say some part of my brain just fell off a cliff. And to be honest, I just still totally don't get it. For anyone learning about Ayurveda, the six tastes are important for you to know about. They are important for you to know in concern of what foods will work for your doshas. But further down the road, the six tastes are vital because they teach us about the essence of enumeration and how each taste is a blend of the five elements, just like the doshas, but blended uniquely and a little bit smaller and more refined. Some blends are very friendly to one dosha, and some blends are moderately okay, and some are downright naughty troublemakers. And yeah, bar the door, Katie, just get out of here. That sort of havoc creation of, like, the chilies are a big no-no for the pitta digestion. Like, cheese is a huge, unwelcome event for kapha digestion. And if you give crackers to a vata, you are going to drive vata bonkers. It's a cracker of a problem. (laughs) As we translate our life process through the doshas, we treat our doshas with the power of the six tastes. And if you don't know what cornerstone content is, I can tell you this is cornerstone content. My WordPress is always harassing me about it. This is the foundation of treatments for Ayurveda, the six tastes. So we'll go easy today and give a little glimpse of the attributes of food that you know or food that you should know. For balanced digestion, that means that we're giving ourselves the best chance of being able to digest without having major chronic issues. We need to take a balanced approach to the six tastes. This balance will help us to rebalance or counterbalance our antidote foods that may cause disruption 
when our life might get a little haywire. But for many of us in the Western world, and me included, the old food wisdom dwindled. And the first place I heard of or even had a notion of six tastes was in Japan, when I lived in Japan as a child. And they added three tastes to their meal in little pots. And so it's that familiarization as a child that made me really curious about it. In the Western world, the tastes that we're most familiar with and that are prevalent in our diet are sweet, sour, and salty. And once something becomes prevalent, it increases the chance of disease process, no matter what part of your life it's coming in from. The last three of the six tastes are bitter, astringent, and pungent, and they're probably the least that we look for in our food. And it can be hard to even think of foods containing these attributes because we don't look at food this way. Well, until you meet Ayurveda or some other traditional science. So we'll go through the taste briefly and I suppose simplistically, I'm not adding everything just to give you a little idea. So the first taste that most of us really understand is sweet, but I'm talking about the sweetness of supporting our tissues, the sweetness of rasa, which is a foundational element in the body. Sweetness also relates to emotional um, love. So food is love, and most food we would like a little bit of sweetness in it. It generally has a neutral effect, but the main things that we would resource sweetness in are the simple, usual culprits, honey or sugar cane or maple syrup, beets. Sweet is what we consider the foundations in Ayurveda, and it increases kapha in the body. So that means it's good for vata. In Western thinking, this is the sweet of starches and carbs, but we see this group of foods quite differently in Ayurveda. Grains, rice, bulgur, millets, all are considered a good stable force for whole body support. And you can find sweet also in vegetables and oils and fat too. But keep in mind that this is a quick overview again of how the system appears. And then at a later date, we can dive into parts of it slowly but surely. Again, going back to the emotional sense of sweet, it's like walking in the woods. Walking in the woods tends to leave a sweet taste of prana within us. And sour is a taste that translates as acid. So similar to the pitta dosha, so it increases pitta. If you think of citrus fruits, like we would consider lemons and limes, and, and fruits often peak into sour when they're almost ripe. Grapefruit is actually one of the best fruits for kapha reduction. It helps to reduce the tissue of kapha, but also the phlegm-orientated difficulties of kapha. And then there's that saying, can you imagine making wine and not getting the timing right, and the whole darn thing goes sour, or it all ended in sour grapes? <laughs> there's plenty of options for sourness through vegetables, 
So sour vegetables are things like tomatoes and spinach and chard. And of course, alcohol is extremely sour. Rhubarb is sour. Fermented foods are sour and pitta problems are created by this deep sourness of foods that are transformed. Yogurt is fermented, but that doesn't mean it's always bad. It's just really more about the timing of when we eat it. Kefir is fermented. These kind of pickled things, they're very, very sour, but also there's a lot of salt added to them, and this can create problems for kapha. And then we go on to the, the third taste that's most known in the Western world, which is salty. And salty is actually um, earth and fire blended. And I wanted to say that because it's like the salt of the earth, <laughs> and that lad is the salt of the earth, or she's the salt of the earth. It's they're obviously we're we're looking at mineral salts like Himalayan salt is a really good digestive stimulant. Sea salt is probably the most dry that we can get, and the laxative salts that you can get actually pull a lot of water from the datus. They really. Um, can unbalance vata if we overuse them or we don't use them according to our dosha. And we still, even with Ayurveda, we're very tender with the salt usage. And watching, I find really purchased food has a lot of salt, you know, processed food. So even some hummus that I would buy when I'm rushing would actually be quite salty compared to the amount of salt I would use when I would make my own. And now going into the last three tastes, now definitely pungency is, is quite used as well in the Western world, but it's really the heat of chili. And some of us already know innately that we can't eat too much chili because it makes us feel excessively hot. So that's showing a rajas is very high, but it's mainly showing that your agony is burning high and you probably would be more of a pitta type. But what we would find for pungency is this heat of fire and water. You'd feel it in ginger and cardamom, onions and garlic, probably the most familiar for all of us. And it's this warming sensation, like a fire spreading slowly through the digestive system. Pungency can be acrid too. It can smell and taste a bit off, a bit nasty, burnt toast sort of thing. Pungency is found in the alkaloids, could also be considered like a poison or a narcotic, depending on the use and dosage that we have it in. Milder ones are super familiar, coffee and tea. Most stimulants that we would take have a pungency within them. Then we go into the bitter taste of air and ether. So this is one of the two lightest tastes that we can find. And bitter actually is really good for kapha reduction. So it's giving that space to the earth body. And there are different types of real bitters that we can get. And one is like golden seal or gentian. Others that are more familiar that are an astringent bitter are coming from the cabbage family. It, the, when I think of bitter, I always think, think of Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter because the butter Betty Botter bought was bitter. <laughs> um, she bought bitter butter and it helped her digest her better butter. <laughs> That's my addition. 
And there's this this relationship now with bitter chocolate. But if you ever tasted bittersweet chocolate, I don't, I don't know why they call it sweet. I mean, there's nothing sweet about it. It's actually quite bitter and, and tangy. So I think it's an astringency. There's an astringency in it. Uh, I personally think that turmeric is a bitter, and it's a bit warmy too. So it's that means it's it, with with warmth in a bitterness. It's showing a pungency, but some say different. So I find that different body types have different tastes that stand out to them more. And me being more of a kapha type in body, then. I find that turmeric is actually quite bitter in itself. I'd say a pitta type finds turmeric a lot hotter and pungent, and that's why we have to remedy turmeric usage for a pitta type. But that's for another episode. Actually, it's for the next episode. Astringency, then, is the last of the tastes, imagine. And this taste helps us close off the digestion. It's like the last bell of... Well, sorry, back in the day, closing pubs. And in Cork, there used to be this amazing pub called the Long Valley um, down the road near McDonald's and Brown Thomas, which used to be Cash's. And when you'd go in and if you stayed into the evening as they were closing, they'd ring an old fire bell, um, an actual bell, and they'd ring it. You know, it wasn't like a fire alarm, but a bell. And then they would turn on an old record and blast it into their their media um, stereo. But it's an old record just going off. You know how an old record would end at the end and it would go ksh, ksh. And they'd have that going for like 20 minutes as they're trying to get rid of everyone. <laughs> the most packed pub I was ever in, I'd say. Um, well, that was back in the day when the more crowded, the better it was. <laughs> But anyway, so, um, sorry, ooh, that was really gone off. Astringency is like closing the doors to our taste buds. It's like closing the door to the digestion. It can be really good to, if your digestion can handle it, to have your salads at the end because it helps to close the digestion and helps us know that the meal has ended, helping the, the enzymes draw inwards. One of the things that comes from astringency is, and to identify it is this the mouth pucker. So although I have said that lemon is very sour, it's also astringent. I always feel it's more astringent than sour, especially the ones that I purchase. It could be also body type, you see. So um, very much the flavors can change a bit. That's not a bad thing either. It's just that once you understand your astringency, where it comes from, then you identify it as what will work for you or what won't. won't. I think of when I think of astringency in a mental and emotional context, I think it's like it shows up as a twinge or a tweak. It shows up as a a stop start or a false start. It's also like um, the moment of a faux pas and you can see when someone has a faux pas, they're, they're kind of their eyes roll backwards and they're like, what just happened? It's like, it's like a reference back to the self. So Ayurveda um, understands how important astringency is as much as all the other tastes. Ayurveda would look for astringency through the green leafies 
vegetables and especially broccoli and kale are always a good modern go-to. Much of the work of the six tastes is related to also antidoting the parts of the food that we eat and like that our doshas don't. But to keep it simple and not to overwhelm you, it's just to have the ideas floating in your mind. And, you know, if we were to throw a blanket over the whole shebang, every meal should have the six tastes. The funny thing is that you can look towards another dosha-type food to help you look after your digestion. So vata types need warming foods and foods from the, the earth. If they were to seek out foods that have a bit of kapha and pitta in them, they would do pretty good. So foods that have kapha-like properties that are sweet to taste and a, a bit heavy and oily, but add to this a little bit of spice, a little bit of fire, but nothing too much. And pittas, the choices that they need to make are about cooling, nothing hot, nothing spicy, foods with less oil, less sour, and no fried foods. But apart from that, they, they generally have the best digestive power on any regular day of the three doshas. And so they find that their decisions on food and taste can, can be pretty open if their digestion is balanced. If they have a problem with foods, definitely. And overall, pittas, they can't take hot, spicy foods. They can take them on occasion. Saying so kaffas then... You see, because of their heavy nature, they need more spicy, hot, pungent, bitter, and astringent. They're not looking for the mass of earthy foods. They're not looking for nourishing foods. They're looking for the foods that lighten and create spark within them, mind and body, because they already have all that earthy stuff in their body type. As much as it is great to learn all of this information it needs, your own individual tweaking, and your own individual discoveries. It's to remember that the six tastes, they also relate to our life and all of our senses and what we take in, what we take into our life, what we welcome in, but also what we express outwards. If we start to taste our life, we realize what we love, and what leaves a bad taste in our mouth. We can understand what part of our life we cannot stomach anymore. Understanding the taste, we can come to terms with finding ways to deal with what we cannot stomach, what we no longer can digest, and come with some wonderfully original ways to embrace all the tastes that come into our life. So I'm going to leave you with a little way to understand the six tastes, is to meet them. If you just take some cooked rice, a small pinch, and taste. Take lemon or lime, one squeeze, and taste. Take salt, one pinch, and taste. Take ginger, one chew, and taste. Take turmeric, one pinch, yuck, and taste. 
Take alfalfa sprouts, one pinch, and taste. There you have great examples of all six tastes, each one giving you a flavor to bring into your life. But can you identify them? Which is which? Let me know how it goes. And thank you so much for joining me as we begin to taste our life. I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people. There's spiels from Kelly, that's me, on bits that she forgot to say, very normal, or has to say. And Kelly's own are surprise bits and things that you need to know. If you want to help, the best thing to do is download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all help. Thank you to everyone listening, and let me know if you received anything from this that helped you. I thank the Vidyas who have opened my mind and helped me to bring this information to a wider, loving audience. But for now, I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.